The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But now I'm found Was blind But now I see Twas grace that taught my heart To fear and grace My fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The hour I first believed Through many dangers, falls and snares I have already come Tis grace has brought me safe thus far And grace will lead me home The Lord has promised good to me His word my hope secures He will my shield and portion be As long as life endures The earth shall soon dissolve Like snow the sun For there to shine By God who called me here Below will be forever mine By God who called me here Below will be forever mine. Hey there, Ecclesia. Good morning. It's so great to be together, uh, to be with you all here online and at our campuses downtown and on the west side. Will you join me in a word of prayer as we begin? Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the precious gift of this day and once again, this chance to be together as a family. We know that you meet us not where we dream we might be or where we think we should be, but you meet us precisely where we are, Lord. And so uh, each of us with whatever cares and concerns we bring uh, with us to this time in this space, would you remind us that it belongs, uh, that you are with us, that you would shape us as we open your word, as we lift our prayers 
in our songs of worship that you would speak a word into our hearts and our souls today that you would uniquely have us here that we might more fully serve you as your people in this city and beyond. We pray this in gratitude, in hope and reliance, seeking always your guidance, the assurance of your love be with us. May this time be yours. We pray this in your name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, let's continue to lift our voices in song. Let's worship. Beautiful things you make beautiful 
Thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song The joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue Thy free grace alone from the first to the last Has won my affections and bound my soul Sweet mercy, I could not live here Sin would reduce me to utter despair But through thy free goodness my spirits revive And he that first made me still keeps me alive Thy mercy To feel its own hardness depart Dissolved by thy goodness I fall to the ground And weep for the praise of the mercy I found Hallelujah Hallelujah see a part of our continued response in worship is giving back a portion of what God has entrusted to our care. And so as we uh, enter into this time of offering, would you say this prayer along with me? Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all of your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, our talents, and our resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission 
and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, Ecclesia. So grateful to be with you, gathered online from wherever you are today. If we haven't met in person, my name is Wayne Brown, and I get to be the campus pastor over at Ecclesia on the west side. Just wanted to give you a few updates and some ways that you can participate with us in this summer season. We are continuing to gather in person at both our 1100 Elder Campus, as well as over at 325 Piney Point on the west side at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday, and we would love it if we could get to see you in person. Uh, beginning in July, we're no longer having registrations for that, so you can just come. We would love it if you would join us. And just one more update, starting today, we are having masks be optional for our staff that are fully vaccinated. Uh, we're just trying to align with the CDC guidance on this. And then we want to create a safe space for you and let you know that if you and I were in a one-on-one -on -one conversation and you are more comfortable with me wearing a mask, I'll have it on me at all times. Just let me know and I'd be more than happy to put that on. We've asked our staff to do the same just in the spirit of making it a safe and welcoming environment for everyone. But we would love to see you in person on Sunday at both of our campuses. Please come join us at 9 and 11 every Sunday. Next, we are so grateful that we've been able to partner and do so much for our unhoused brothers and sisters here in the city of Houston. And they have been so grateful that we've been able to keep up that relationship and that support throughout the pandemic. And we wanna let you know that if you wanna be a part of that, that you can, and we've created an Amazon wish list where you can actually purchase some of the supplies that they so desperately need. You know what it's like to go outside right now, how desperately we need things like sunscreen and bug spray, and you can imagine how much more they need that. So you can go to ecclesiahouston.org outreach, and you can find the Amazon wish list there, and you can actually be a part of giving them some of the things that they need in this season. And lastly, I just wanna say thank you, Ecclesia, for your continued generosity that we get to do so many things here in Houston for our unhoused brothers and sisters, as well as people all over the world. And it's because of your continued generosity. And if you'd like to be a part of that, we would welcome that and thank you for that. There's some ways that you can give. You can give online. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, ecclesiahouston.org give. You can do that through the Church Center app as well. You can also text your donation amount to the number 84321 and you can give that way. But again, Ecclesia, we're blown away by your generosity and wanna say thank you for that. So Ecclesia, take a deep breath, take a moment to pause. We're gonna to get to hear from our lead pastor in the next few moments, Chris C, as he opens the scriptures and he shares a message from God's word. My prayer for you is that you hear God's voice speak into your soul, that he ministers to you exactly where you are with exactly what you need. May you receive his peace. May you know that he is for you, that he loves you. And that because of Jesus, that all your sins are forgiven. Ecclesia, we love you. We can't wait to see you in person. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris. I got a question for you. How, how are you? <laughs> I would love to see you face to face and ask you because you know what I love about this season? Well, there's a lot I love about this season. Uh, but part of what I love is that when I ask people how, are, how they are, right, they, um, they often tend to give me an honest answer. Um, it seems like maybe we've moved past some cliches 
and uh, we're actually willing to check in with each other. There is so much to be excited about in the world right now. I, um, I've got to say, um, there is this enthusiasm that, um, that we're together. There's this enthusiasm. If you go to an airport, we just reconnected with our friends at Good Shepherd in New York City, and we're working on a great project together you're going to hear more about. And we got to New York City, and just being in the airport was so exciting, and being in restaurants uh, with our friend Chef Hong that had been uh, back here in Houston and done pop-ups for us. We, we reconnected, and it was like every moment you could savor it. And if you haven't been in the airports yet, know that they're crazy packed. This week, Christian and I are making a trip to Detroit to follow the Red Hot Astros because the world's kind of back and we can do some things. And I absolutely love that. The other thing I love so much is that um, when we talk about how we're doing or we ask a question, everybody seems to be examining their life right now, uh, really asking some questions and answering those questions about what's a good life look like? And uh, we're having these human practice centers and that's what we're doing. We're looking at what was life like before the pandemic? And for many of us, we kind of felt like in some ways, maybe we were living the life that was thrust upon us. Uh, maybe you went to school where you, your mom wanted you to go to school or maybe you're doing the job you, your grandmother wanted you to do or you just felt like you had to do. And post pandemic, a lot of us are saying, I don't have to do that. <laughs> Right? The world paused, there was this pandemic world, and I get to hit the reset button and I'm wondering what it is. And so today I wanna to ask you this question, like how are you and what does a beautiful life, what do you think a beautiful life looks like? And I wanna to draw today from one of my favorite books, the book of Hebrews. It's, it's a unique book. It's written to a group of Christian believers who were Jewish, but there weren't many of them. Uh, Jesus had appeared in bodily form to about 500 people, and those people all believed. How could you not, right? That some of them touched Jesus. They ate with him. Uh, Jesus was killed, and he was resurrected. And then a lot of the people who were really close to them saw how different they were and how their lives changed. And, and they became people of faith. And then the writer of Hebrews at this early place in our faith is writing and telling the stories of what the Christian faith is really about. How is it different from the Jewish faith? And in Hebrews 11:38, he turns this phrase. And by the way, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but when I get to heaven, it's one of the people I want to hang out with. I want to know who is it, he or she that wrote it, and where are they, and do they already have wine and queso in their mansion? Because I'd like to go share some of both with them. And the queso and the wine will be even better in heaven, by the way, even better than in Texas or the wine in California. And in Hebrews 11:38, the writer of Hebrews turns this phrase, and it's stuck with me forever. He describes people of faith and the way these people of faith have lived and what they've actually done because of their faith. And he says this, he says, the world was not worthy of these saints. He said, if you looked at their life, right, they lived in a way that the world wasn't even worthy of them. The way they shared their courage, their bravery, their selflessness. These were a people that just, that you just looked at their lives and went, wow, right, that's amazing. Paul says something similar where he says, we should live the kind of life that we'd be prepared to answer questions about that life. And I wonder, Ecclesia, I wonder, are you living the kind of life? Am I living the kind of life that people go, hey, will you tell me more about that? Or are you just living the kind of life that everybody expects you to live? And post pandemic, I'm ready to live fully into who God made me to be. And in Hebrews 11, the writer of Hebrews says, the source of that unique life is faith. And at the beginning of it, he describes what faith really is. He says, faith is the assurance of things that you've hoped for. 
the absolute conviction that there are realities you've never seen. People of faith actually bet their lives on things they can't touch or see. He says, it was by faith that our forebears were approved. Through faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. God spoke everything, Genesis tells us, into existence. Everything we now see was fashioned from that which is invisible. And then he goes on to explain what this life of faith might look like. He, he starts to cite different people. Abel, or we might call him Abel because we have a more of a Latino influence. Cain and Abel, or Cain and Abel, however you want to say it. Abel made a sacrifice that was worthy. He, he lived a life of faith. This guy Noah came along, and he wasn't perfect, but God spoke to him. And you know what he did? He obeyed. He went on a big construction project that seemed crazy, and it was the right thing to do. You had somebody like Enoch that literally just kind of strolled into heaven. He was so heavenly-minded. You had this guy Abraham, who, by the way, was not perfect at all, but he was willing to go where God called him. He made some mistakes, right? Somebody wanted his wife, and he actually sold her over for a dowry, right? Something husbands I would recommend do not do, right? At no point should you sell your wife to somebody else, right? Abraham was not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But Abraham demonstrated his faith in action. He goes on and tells the story of Isaac and then Jacob and Jacob's son Joseph and how Joseph lived out the life of faith. How Moses, and there was quite uh, a story about Moses, right? And how he parted the Red Sea and beautiful things happened and God delivered his people. He goes on and talks about Joshua and the walls of Jericho coming down as God's people surrounded it and prayed, right? And then in Hebrews 11:32. He says this, he says, I could speak more of faith. I could talk until time itself ran out. He said, I literally, if I looked at life, the lives of people of faith, and I told their stories, I could tell them forever. Ecclesia, this is what I would love for us to be able to do as I think about a post-pandemic world. What does it look like to be a people that we just look around the room? And by the way, we're in the room every Sunday now, 9 and 11, both campuses. As we look around the room, we just say, I look and I see this sister and this brother and the life of faith they're living like Abraham they're not perfect but what they're called to do and I wonder today I wonder post pandemic have you thought about what it is your your faith is calling you to do how are you called to act and to live the writer of Hebrews goes on and he says I could speak of the examples of Gideon Barak Samson Jephthah David Samuel all the prophets I could give accounts of people alive right now with faith, who conquered kingdoms, they brought justice, they obtained promises, and they closed the mouths of hungry lions. I can tell you how people of faith doused raging fires. We got firemen, brave people, amazing people in our own church. He says, they escaped the edge of the sword, they made the weak strong, they stoked great valor among the champions of God, they sent opposing armies into panic flight. I could speak, the writer says, of faith bringing women, their loved ones back from death, and how the faithful accepted torture instead of earthly deliverance because they believed they would obtain a better life in the resurrection. These are the hard parts for us to wrestle with, right? What does it look like to truly be willing to suffer. Now, many of us have suffered in many different ways over the last year. I sat with a dear brother in the church, Cliff Bullard, this week. Cliff has some unique challenges. He's got some unique gifts. He was telling me how afraid he was at the beginning of the pandemic, right? And he almost seemed to slip back into that fear. And as I reminded him, like, you were that afraid, right? And you literally, you just survived the pandemic, right? You survived it. 
And uh, we went from this place of fear and anxiousness. I could see him go back to that place of fear, this place of accomplishment. I did. I survived it. I've been through one of the hardest things that we may know in our current lifetime. And I'm doing well. Right? For many of us, we don't understand this faith that's described. He says, they suffered mockery and whippings. They were placed in chains and prisons. The faithful were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed by swords. They were clothed only in sheepskins and goatskins. He said they were penniless. These brothers and sisters had a life of faith, and they were willing to suffer because they believed that God was going to offer something in that next life, in that afterlife. Now, many of us don't know that kind of suffering what it is to even hear of someone being sawn in two, right? Because of their faith is foreign to us. For many of us, we just revert back to, well, I, you know, I did give up sushi last Lent and that was very hard for me, right? And I might even do it again. And that's a good thing. I'm not mocking it because it wasn't easy for me to give up anything this last Lent. Um, hopefully life's gonna be really robust and we can give some things up and we can remind ourselves that life is not about us. But for many of us, suffering has been foreign to us. When we live a life of faith, we are actually willing to take on some suffering and some pain because we know that there's more out there. He goes on and says, they were commended for their great faith. In verse 12, it says, so since we stand now, and this is us as well, Ecclesia, surrounded by all those who have gone before, an enormous cloud of witnesses. This is a famous and beautiful passage. He says, let us do this. Let's drop every weight, every sin that clings to us, that slackens our pace. Let us run with endurance the long race set before us. And this is what I want to invite you to do. What is it that's slowing you down? I believe, like every person on this list, one day the writer of Hebrews could chronicle for each of us. I'm so grateful that this person lived out their faith and this is how they did it. If you had a short sentence in Hebrews, what would it say about you? What are we called to do? the faith that we have. I hope you're in the same place I am. I don't know everything. I hadn't figured it out, but I believe in Jesus. I believe who he is. I believe he loves me. I believe he loves the world. I believe he created a good world and that I'm a part of his restoring and redeeming work in it. We get to be a part of feeding brothers and sisters in Venezuela. We get to be a part of drilling water wells all across the globe. And by the way, the world needs more clean water now in the midst of the pandemic. It feels like it's over for us here, but it's not across the globe. People need clean water and soap and hygiene and sanitation, things that help keep people well and strong. He goes on and says, we may feel alone. And many of us have felt that this year. Many of us are still struggling with it. He says, but we are not. We are surrounded by an army of witnesses. They've run the race of faith. They've finished well. And I love this sentence. He says, they run the race, they finished well. It's now our turn. It's our turn. It's our turn to live out the life of faith. I wanna be around people that love to talk about Jesus. Talking about Jesus, singing about Jesus is great. We're gonna come in this room and do it. We're gonna join one another on video and do just that. But I wanna be around people that then say, now what do we do with the faith that we've been given? So he tells us this, so now, if you want to live that life of faith out, Stay focused on Jesus, who designed and perfected our faith. He endured the cross and ignored the shame of that death because he focused on the joy that was before him. And now he is seated beside God on the throne, a place of honor. This invitation from the writer of Hebrews is important. He tells us, if you want to live out that kind of action, this is what you need to do. Focus on Jesus. When you focus on Jesus, 
If you wake up in the morning and you think about Jesus and who he is and how he loves you, instead of thinking about the obstacles in front of you, the things you can't do, what you don't have, the gifts you don't have that somebody else does, if you will focus and I will focus on Jesus, we'll live the life we're made to live. I was recently contemplating the life of a dear friend that has an amazing gift to love and to trust. And as I began to examine the, the circumstances of her life, right, this place of so many reasons not to trust, right? So few people that were trustworthy. And yet this decision to focus on Jesus and focus on the people that were trustworthy allows us, each of us, to move forward in a way that says, even though a lot of people have disappointed me in the past, many of you know what betrayal feels like. In fact, I'd venture to say all of you know what betrayal feels like. Then instead of focusing on those that have betrayed me, those that have hurt me, those that have failed me, I'm going to focus on those that love me and the one who loves me most in Jesus. It's a beautiful gift, this life of faith that we have. So, Ecclesia, I want to invite you to do just a few things. First is just that, focus on Jesus. If you'll do that, it will be a beautiful, beautiful life for us post-pandemic, the things we're called to do. I don't ride a motorcycle often anymore, but I used to ride a bike in college. And I'll tell you, the one thing you learn quickly when you're riding a bike is that you, you gotta be careful where you focus, right? That the idea often is like, you wanna look out for a pothole and you do wanna look out, but you don't wanna focus on the pothole. When you focus on the pothole, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna drive right into the pothole. It doesn't work well on a motorcycle. And what we wanna do is know what's around us, know where the landmines are, but keep our, our gaze fixed on the horizon. Where do we want to go? Not where do we not want to go? If we'll do that, and this is where I wanna invite you to say, where I want you to go is that life that you're made for. The unique gifts that you have are meant to be used in a specific way, and I can't tell you what they are. Secondly, there is one area of action that I can tell you because all of us are called to it. There are many of you uh, sharing with us today that love Jesus and follow Jesus, but you've never followed through on the simple call of Jesus to be baptized. In Matthew 28, he tells us to go to all nations, to share and disciple and to be baptized. There's a lot that we can do when we worship virtually. One thing we can't do is baptize you. I can't spray water through the camera. I, I, th there's no way, you, you gotta come here. And at the west side and downtown, we're gonna be doing baptisms at, through the end of the summer. We're gonna be doing baptisms in the fall. And I wanna invite you to email your campus pastor, Mitzi here downtown. You can send her an email. You can send Wayne an email on the west side. Maybe your kids are ready. They're, they've stepped up in a life of faith and they're ready to be baptized. Now's the time to do that. As we re-enter this world, be faithful in this simple command that Jesus offered to you. And then thirdly, I wanna invite you to consider this dream. I, I wanna share with you a story from my grandmother. Uh, may she rest in peace. Betty Baldwin uh, was a gift to us. Uh, her husband, my grandfather, uh, pastored the same church for about 30 years here in Houston. Uh, he was a gift to us. In the early days of this church, they, um, uh, they were growing and good things were happening. In fact, they wanted to relocate the church to a bigger building. And they, uh, they, they bought the building and they made a plan with the new owner to lease it back for about 12 months while they built the new building. When they went to closing for that building, uh, the owner said, sorry, changed my mind. And uh, all of a sudden it's a Wednesday and He's pastor of a church that doesn't have a place to meet uh, on that Sunday. And he was stressed as he told me the story. He, uh, he said they then went to the church to try to go retrieve their things and uh, the doors were locked. 
And I'll let my grandmother tell you the rest of the story and then I'm gonna invite you to consider what it might mean for you. And so that evening, he came to the house first and he said, I think we better get, go down to the church and pop and uh, put our things in boxes and get started moving out. But when we got to the church, the man had had all the locks changed. And so we couldn't get anything. So we all stood around in the parking lot, all those who were gonna help, stood around in the parking lot trying to figure out what we could possibly do. So they stood there a long time and then they decided to just break in. And we broke in the building and we took everything out that night. <laughs> it, was, it was quite an ordeal. We had uh, different people store things in their garages and then we got permission to meet um, from the school board, to meet from the elementary school around the corner for from us. And the hardest thing was there was no air conditioning. So one of the men worked out at the airport and they sent out a big truck every Sunday with one of those huge big pipes and piped it in a window in our auditorium. It was quite an ordeal, but it was, it, it was something we never expected. Actually, it was a great help. It got people stirred together to work and and help, and so it was amazing. So Ecclesia, um, <laughs> hard to believe my grandfather, this conservative pastor in Houston, uh, invited everybody to break into their old building and steal back their stuff, but that's what they did. And in fact, even as they moved over to this elementary school to worship for a year, uh, my grandmother tells the story, right? They, they had this air conditioner that was brought in from the airport and uh, they just stick it in the window to try to cool the, the room down a bit. Uh, the, the guy that had it, he just worked at the airport. I don't know if he got permission or what. He just took it every week on Sunday morning and brought it back Sunday afternoon, right? This, this is what we're called to do. We're called to just, Bum Phillips put it one way when he was the coach of the Oilers, right? He said, we're gonna win the vision because we're gonna kick the door down. And uh, that's what my grandfather did. And that's what I invite you to do. What is it that you're made to do? How are you called to act? Are you here to serve kids in the third ward? Are you here in Houston to help lead other people, business people, people you work with to faith? Are you here to help partner with your church to feed the homeless? What is it that you're called to do? And will you not wait? Let's together kick the door down. Let me say a prayer for you. Dear God, I thank you that like those that are written about in Hebrews, we share the same faith. And we're also imperfect, just as they are. And in our imperfection, you long to use us. We thank you that in the midst of our suffering in the pandemic, you brought us clarity about what kind of life we want to live. Will you give us the faith to live it out now? Through your spirit, will you speak to brothers and sisters all throughout our church and across the globe about who we are and what you want us to do? Lord, we're grateful that you call us to be a people of action, a people of service, and a people of love. 
May we love our God and love our neighbors well. We pray this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So Ecclesia, it's my honor and privilege to get to welcome you to a place where we pause intentionally to remember Christ's death and his resurrection, to remember that God and his love and his provision is the source of life for us. And I wanna invite you to take a few moments with me to look inside, to consider where we long for transformation and redemption. And would you pray this prayer of confession with me? I'll read as a celebrant, you can respond as the people. But God, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well were run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. And altogether, you are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. So Ecclesia, we remember to, together today that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his closest followers and they shared a meal together. And at one point in the meal, he stood up, he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he blessed God. And then he gave it to his followers and he said, take this and eat, it's my body broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took a cup of wine and again, he gave thanks and he blessed God. And then he gave it to his followers and he said, take this and drink, it's my blood poured out for you. This establishes a new covenant in my blood, a new relationship. And so God, we remember today that your body and your blood and this bread and this wine, that they sustain us, that they refill us with life. And we ask today that as we eat and drink, that we would taste your forgiveness and that we would receive that infilling of your life and your spirit. We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Ecclesia, with that, whatever elements you have today, may you taste and see God's love, forgiveness, and His redemption. This is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.
Ecclesia, I love this portion in the gathering where we intentionally pause to speak words of kindness and blessing over the kids and the youngest people in our lives. And I wanna invite you into this practice. If you would take a few moments, gather your kids from whatever they're doing, wherever they are, bring them close, get on their level, look them in the eye, put your hands on their shoulders or on their head. And if you don't have kids with you where you are, that's totally fine. Uh, just pull up a picture or pull up a picture in your mind of uh, some kid that's in your life, even if it's a neighbor down the street. And let's send these words of blessing and kindness to them. Uh, this blessing today is actually from Numbers chapter six. And as I read this blessing, will you just repeat after me? And I'm thinking of my own kids today, Moses and Aiden. But Moses and Aiden, the eternal one bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The eternal lift up his countenance to look upon you and give you peace. And in this way, we set his name upon you and he will bless you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Ecclesia, our benediction is drawn today from Psalm 8. Gazing into the sky, meditating upon your creation, the moon and the stars and the great beyond, who are we, we ask, that you are mindful of us, specks of dust floating about the cosmos, and yet you call us to nurture the offspring of your divine imagination, placing all manner of goodness and life at our feet to steward and enjoy. You call us friends, walking beside us as if in loving dialogue, in laughter, at times in tears, ever reminding us that you are never far. So go forth now to rejoice, love, and serve walking in friendship with the God who molded you from stardust and declared you good. Ecclesia, dwell in the assurance of that presence and companionship. May God bless you and guide you this day and always as we are sent to live the church together throughout this week. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.